Red Raiders. Hello, Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators, with the occasional side quest for torque wrenches and drill bits. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Fenwald Griswick. And I am Chaotic Anarchy. And today we have illustrator and player from Threads of Fate, Joy Q Thread Raider. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Dire Foxycorn. <laughs> Hello. Thank you guys for having me. We're so excited. We appreciate you uh, stepping in today for David, who is out sick. Uh, he will be back shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, today, uh, we also have an interview with David from Murder Dice Podcast. Woohoo! Two of our usual segments, uh, Tea Time, as well as uh, What's in the Box. Murder da- Dice! Murder Dice. You gotta get it, Murder Dice. David, say hello. Hey, hey. So, David, it is my understanding that you are from Portland. Yep, Portland, Oregon. Uh, Portland, Oregon? Mm-hmm, oh. Mm-hmm. oh. You love Portland, Oregon. Well, that changes everything. It does. But <laughs> I, you love the green-friendly environment. It didn't It didn't specify on your Twitter account, so I thought it was Portland, Tennessee, the strawberry capital. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so many of my questions were about strawberries. I knew it. I was thinking that or Portland, Maine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the other possibility, but I didn't know if you knew. I didn't see anything about lobsters in your in your Twitter feed, so I figured it wasn't me. <laughs> nah, but, but I but I love some lobster. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> All right. Well, then. Uh, so, as the largest of the eighty-two cities that are named Portland, um, do you guys have access to the full complement of fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons books, or do you have to import them from out of state? <laughs> we, we have plenty. Do you get them from Powell's books? Uh, you know, sometimes I will go to Pals, but I usually don't get like uh, n- new books there. I'll go there for the used section because they have such an awesome used selection, and they actually have like a ton of games that you know you might not know of. So it's always fun to kind of go through and cruise the shelves and see what they have going on. You mean tabletop games? Yep. Nice. So do you have like an edition that you really like, or is it just primarily five E? Uh. Well, what what we play is 5e. Um, I'm kind of partial to AD&D. I like some 2e. I'm, I, I like to go old school, but uh, you know the kids like 5e, so I gotta I gotta <laughs> keep with the trends. You know, ha- half of our podcast is like a, two old guys, and half is two young guys. So you know they they beat down <laughs> on us old folks. And we, we give in to 5e. I need a refresher here. So AD&D, that's the one where you had to have graph paper, otherwise you couldn't play the game? That's a good question. Uh, you know, when, when I played it, we haven't had graph paper. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, uh, I actually started way late playing D&D. Like, uh, I, I was already in my 30s when I started playing Dungeons & Dragons. So I kind of know what m- my DM taught me basically in in terms of 2e and so he's real heavy like theater of the mind guy so that's kind of how we played forever and then Mm -hmm. um and then i did play some 4e with with some with some younger guys and they were like 
man, they were like battle heavy. Like, like let's let's have a let's have a strategy to fight this guy. Look at this square. Look at that square. Flank this guy. Flank that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, man, I'm just trying to have some fun here. This is a little intense for me. So, needless to say, I'm not like a Warhammer guy as a result. Yeah, but you're taking me back to home ec class in 1986. Oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. So, Portland, Oregon, do they have a big uh, D&D crowd up there? Actually, yeah, we have a we have a huge D&D community here and we have a we have a few smaller gaming stores that are pretty fun, um, like uh, Epic Gaming, and then we have a giant monstrosity of a gaming store called Guardian Games. <laughs> it's Ooh, that sounds good. It's pretty cool, actually. Like, I, I think a lot of the old school community doesn't really like it because it sort of puts some smaller stores out of business. But it mm-hmm. does allow for a lot of people to come in and have spaces to play. And they actually have rooms you can rent to record. And they have, like, an incredible uh, used board game section. They have uh, local board games from from local designers. Um, you know, plus they have food and drink and you kind of hang out there all day. Um you know, it, it's a pretty cool place. And when you go in there on the weekend, it's just like a giant crowd of people. There's never parking. There's there's always, you know, there's always just standing room when you get in there because there's people playing Magic or D&D or um, Age of Sigmar or something like that. Like everybody's out there mm-hmm. having a good time. It's pretty fun. So they have studios to rent. Yeah, yeah, they do. I've, I've used it one time. I went there to record a podcast. Um, actually, uh I have another podcast that's a mixed martial arts podcast, and I went there to... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's (laughs) pretty fun. So I went there to record with a guy, and he is actually um, not really comfortable talking on a microphone and didn't tell me that. So I, like, I set this whole thing up, went there, rented this room, got everything set up. I had to drink for him. I was like, all right, this is going to be awesome. (laughs) And I couldn't get like three words out of him. And I was like, so you just want to stop, buddy? He's like, yep. (laughs) Do you know what the key is? You have to hide the microphone in his foods that he doesn't know it's there. That's the trick. Oh, no. That's the trick. Get get it in the vegetables. That'll be the last thing he touches. Broccoli Mike gets me every time. I, I of course, want to continue talking about 5e because we're big D&D fans here. But I do have a question. This is a fantastic opportunity for me. You are from Portland? Like, you you grew up in Portland? Uh, No, actually. I grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up in San Jose, and I moved here right out of high school. Um, okay. I met a girl, fell in love, stayed, you know. We, we moved once and then came back, and we've been here ever since. So I've lived here since the like early 2000s well i'm gonna i'm gonna take a shot here anyway because drake the the artist drake uh, has a song called portland and in the song uh he says ike turner with the left hand griselda blanco with the trap moves gangland with the right hand undertaker with the tattoos now putting aside how powerful those lyrics are do you know if uh if Portland is the kind of place where you can comfortably approach a bad bitch without having to spend a fitty on a chain. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I, and that question's not even written down. <laughs> <laughs> we will accept true, false, or huh as the, as a possible answer. I'll, I'll go, mm, maybe. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. I dig it. <laughs> All right. So you're Dungeon Master. Uh, Michael Morrison, right? Yep. 
That's like A.K.A. Michael Vorpal, right? Mike Vorpal. Mike Vorpal, yep. Uh, he seems to have cornered the market on the hashtag murderers. Um, <laughs> are you guys attempting to reclaim the word murder and redefine it for a new generation? Uh, damn right. Uh, we, we call all of our listeners <laughs> murderers. And, I, you know, in the early days... I caught a lot of flack for dropping that. Like people were like, really? That's what you're going to call people who listen to your podcast? And I was like, you know what? If, if you're down with murder dice, you, you got to be down to be one of the murderers. And, you know, a little. <laughs> some people don't like it. Some people love it. And I feel like that's kind of the charm, right? Like either either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're... Uh, we're a little bit different than some of the other 5e podcasts anyway we're not for everybody like i heard someone say the other day that they uh they didn't know that they said uh they said about another podcast well if i had known they murdered a horse in this i wouldn't have listened and i said well you better not listen to ours because we have a whole (laughs) thing about murdering horses (laughs) murder is a is a theme for us but you can see how adopting the hashtags murder cult and farmers for murder may cause problems (laughs) the next time you you know apply for a job Sure. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like I feel like anyone who's ever asked me about it once once I once I explain, like, let, let me dial it back like two steps. They're usually like, oh, OK, that's weird. But I get it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a- after after explaining to them that, yeah, D&D is like something that adults do, too, you know, so. It, it's sure. uh, it, it works. I think I think people are getting it w- worse than that is the um, so. Some people were doing hashtag MDP for a murder dice podcast, but it was uh, it was like some weird political movement also used that hashtag. So that oh, no. that got weird, <laughs> you know, that got weird. But whatever, mm-hmm. it's cool. It, isn't that just the way? Yeah, every time, right? I, I say the weirder the better. So on a scale of one to ten, how vindictive would you say that Mike is as a dungeon master? You know, I he catches he catches a lot of flack. Like 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 uh, sometimes we we give him a bit of a hard time. Uh, I don't think he's super vindictive, but he certainly uh, provides you with choices that are very hard to make. And and he knows he knows well well ahead of time that he's going to put you in a very compromising position. And and you can you can take it or you can run from it. And and I feel like I'm the kind of guy who runs with it, so I like it. But uh, people like uh, Kyle on our podcast, he's not quite as keen on running with the running with the vindictive side of Mike's uh, plan. So, what is Murder Dice, and will your biography be titled "Our Brand Is Murder"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's about right. I feel like that's about right. You know, sometimes I feel like, honestly, sometimes I feel like we we actually are the podcast in the community that we, I feel like we have the most dedicated listening group. Like the people who listen to our podcast absolutely love it. And they are some of the coolest, like most hardcore people. They will ride or die with us. And I love that. And then at the same time, I feel like we're the podcast that catches a little bit of flack for, for not trying to, not trying to, to do what people are asking. Like, like a lot of people want sound effects and a lot of people are saying, Oh, well, we don't want it to sound like, like we're at the game store listening to someone play, but that's exactly what we want. We want people to feel like they're sitting down and playing with us. And so sometimes it feels like we get overlooked a little bit. And like, I, I know it sounds a little bit petty, but I, but I genuinely feel that way. Like sometimes I feel like we get overlooked for a podcast that 
to me, like I've, I've listened to so many D and D podcasts and it's like, it, I want something that that's different than the rest and, and pulls me in and, and I don't want to listen to the same thing over and over again, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, you're always looking for that unique, um, uh, uh, that unique brand, uh, that will set you apart from everybody else. And I think you're doing it. Yeah. We're trying, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a long time trying. So, well, how long have you been doing it now? Um, we have over 60 episodes. So, I mean, yeah, you're on like 69 now, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm doing the math in my head. So that's 60 episodes at uh, two hours an episode. So that means you're 108. Uh, how long have you been a vampire? <laughs> I-, I was only a vampire for a short time on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Puerto Rico recently adjusted their death toll from Hurricane Maria from 60 to 2,975. Are you worried that eventually they're going to surpass the number of people that your campaign has killed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I'm worried they're trying to compete with you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I play fast and loose, so if I can if I can go through a couple more characters, we'll start, you know, we'll start running ahead. I bring this up because I can't recall a single episode that I've listened to where within three minutes somebody didn't die. Uh, not players, per se, but, you know, uh, enemies, and you, I believe you recently cut off somebody's head with a sword. Uh, that I, I feel like that's kind of par for the course. Head cutting off yeah. is, is, is... It happens. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Early on, I had a character that had an affinity for beating people's faces in with a hammer and then pulling out their teeth. That was something he was into. Uh, Not like murder hobo style, but like more like um, wanting to have a cool necklace, you know? Oh, okay. I understand. (laughs) It's all about accessorizing. Makes it so much better now. Look good, feel good, you know? All right, now look. Let's take a detour here for a second. So you have a couple of people who uh, seem to be regulars on your on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, there's at Murder Dice Ben, uh, which is actually Murder Dice Rory. Yep. He and is Rory. I guess my first question is, is he a compulsive liar or an Internet troll? What's happening there? <laughs> well, he uh, funny enough, it, he tried to make his Twitter handle at Murder Dice Hadir, and then a week later, Hadir died on the podcast. And so <laughs> I told him, I and I had told him specifically, I said, you should probably make it at Murder Dice Ben. And he was like, well, I don't know. He tried to make it MD Ben, but there was a doctor named Ben. And I was like, trust me, man, this is what you want to do. And so he did that. But he wants <laughs> everyone to know that he plays the character Rory. So that that's where he that's where he puts it. Um, he's not he's not a liar, but he uh, but he is easily uh, confused and doesn't listen to my advice. <laughs> and you have another co-defendant named Murder Dice Kyle, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. And I had a I had the opportunity to take a look at this man. Um, <laughs> for the viewers at home, I would like to describe a man whose beard is disturbingly long. All right, he appears to have uh, multiple carrot blossoms on the end of his they're hu- it's very profound it's beautiful are there times when you're when you're editing the show and you can all you can hear is like beard scratching the microphone as opposed to him speaking you know funny enough he has the hardest time getting closer to the mic but when he does he does this thing where he goes <laughs> and he snorts 
and I, man, and I look at him with with just the the hatred and and and, and disgust of uh, of Mike looking at at a PC, and and I and I try to tell him to not do it, but it's impossible. Um, he he does a good job of keeping his beard off of the microphone, thankfully, but boy, he cannot stop snorting to save his life. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's not him. Those are pigs who are rooting around in his beard looking for truffles. That's, God, that's, you know, that's what that noise is. <laughs> are there any other cast members? Formerly, uh, we had a we had a young lady named Cam who was on the podcast, and she played a character called Yuko. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. She had um, work and life uh, getting sure. in the way of recording, and so... Uh, after a while, she stepped away. I think that she'll probably come back and, and play a play a one-off role here or there. Um, the only other person who's ever been on with us is a kid named Dublin, and he played a character named Nobody, and everybody really, really liked it. <laughs> it was kind of funny. We probably had more, more requests to have him back on than we ever expected because we actually, throughout the recording of the podcast, had mentioned him a number of times just because he's a buddy of ours and he's really weird. And we, we initially, when we decided to start the podcast, we wanted more than anything for him to be on it, but he's so unpredictable that we couldn't rely on him to be there. So, uh, yeah. but, but boy, when he was on, people just loved it. And anytime a new listener gets to his episodes, I definitely get like five or six messages and it's you know so so cam and and dublin have been on um we uh we don't know what the future holds i think um i think our current campaign is probably starting to wind down a bit and so we may uh we may be heading in a new direction in terms of uh potentially a new campaign that's breaking news for murder dice listeners um and uh, at, <laughs> at, at that point, there might be another person coming in. We're not really sure. Um, but as of now, uh, Mike, Ben, Kyle, and myself will hold it down as best we can. <laughs> <laughs> I also noticed that Kyle collects garbage pail kids <laughs> cards. Uh, yeah, Kyle collects that. He collects toys. Um, he collects Beyblades. He tries to say that they are his sons, but they are his. He is a liar. If, if anyone is a liar, <laughs> it, it is Kyle who is a liar. And uh, but Kyle is the Kyle is the salty glue that holds us all together. So we love him. Oh, nice salty glue. I love it. He's the saltiest. He 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 is the the girl from the Morton Salt Box. I know because my computer is covered in your stickers that you sell these on your website. Uh, you know what? The stickers are gone. I have no more stickers. <gasps> I'm, I'm out. No. Yep. I, no, I love the stickers. You got more stickers. Yeah, I know. We had I, I had about a thousand stickers made early on, and anyone who told me they wanted a sticker, I sent a handwritten note and a sticker out to to hundreds of people. Um, but I've <laughs> I've uh, I actually sent the very last two to one of our new listeners, Bree. And uh, she she got the last two that I know of. Uh, maybe Kyle or Ben have some lying around, but I have none. But I do have like thanks, Bree. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do have like uh, I think I have like uh, maybe three extra large shirts, a couple larges, and maybe a smaller two left. I think we have like seven or eight shirts left for sale that were limited run. So those are those are available if people want them. And that's on MurderDice.com, right? Uh-huh. There's a link there to the store. Cool. And what other stuff do you have on the website? 
we do uh sometimes i'll do like blog posts that i put on there um if um this is kind of a spoiler so if you're intending to listen plug your ears but there's a uh, there's a moment in the podcast where my old character Drez uh, makes a decision to kill off a very important NPC, and I actually wrote a blog post all about my thought process behind making the kill. Um, I also posted on there a, a a brief backstory about my new character Oliver. Um, I have a you know I, I try to post things on there that I think will be fun for people. I have a long blog post yeah. on there about. Um, my my life leading into D and D because I, I I'm not the typical person that that goes and plays D and D. I didn't grow up I didn't grow up in the like the nerd culture. I was like a skateboarder and a graffiti writer, and being cool was like really important to me. And it kind of so I wrote a long blog post about how my life has changed and you know where I am now, and um, post links to links to our uh, our podcast and. You know, sometimes links to cool dice sales from Kraken because they're our dice sponsor. And an amazing graffiti artist. Let me just put that out there because you know I love your graffiti stuff. Well, I try. (laughs) (laughs) And Kraken Dice, you said that they were um, a sponsor? Yeah, that's our our dice sponsor. We actually uh, used to to be sponsored by Tabletop Loot and then uh, had the opportunity to partner up with Kraken. So we we partnered with them. I will say, uh, for anyone who's critical of that, it was before any controversy controversy happened with them, and uh, they've been really supportive of us, and they've been very clear with us about their position, and so we're we're comfortable staying staying with them. And um, if if you you know if you're upset with us, I totally understand, and I uh, I appreciate everyone's point of view. Just we're we're trying to. Uh, we're trying to maintain loyalty with them because they've been really good to us. Nice, and I hear that they have like a Kickstarter out, right? Oh man, their Kickstarter was crazy. They had they had well over a million dollars on their Kickstarter. It was nuts. Um, yeah, it was very successful. Um, they have some pretty cool dice, and they have like the cool thing about their dice is that they have they have dice that other people don't have. You know, like it's not the it's not the mm-hmm. set you're going to see everywhere because they make their own colors and they they've invested in their own molds, which is really cool. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, they have a lot of pretty sets on there. Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are we back? I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I covered my ears because he said cover my ears, but I can't see anyone. Oh, oh man. You had to read his lips for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I knew I would have nudged you. You know when you're driving around the city and you see a stop sign and has a sticker for some god-awful garage band? Uh-huh. <laughs> I picture Portland just a city full of hashtag murder cult stickers and graffiti tags on every surface, just from one end of the city to the other. That's that's kind of exactly right. It's that, and then like uh, people drinking IPAs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be on Twitter like all day long. Do you uh, suffer from malnutrition from not eating? I mean, how much time do you actually spend on the internet? <laughs> You know, and he hangs out with the Thread Raider crew a lot too. It's always wonderful to have you there. Yeah, you know, I wish I could be on Twitter more. My uh, my job actually has recently kind of ramped up, and it's taken me off of Twitter more than uh, mm. more than I normally would want to be. And also, um, I've I've tried to dedicate uh, less time to my phone as of late, which is nice. But uh, but I love being on Twitter because I like talking to people, and I like uh, I like talking to the community. I like talking to you know meeting new people and and you know introducing 
people to our podcast and to other podcasts and to friends I've made. Cause I, I think the community as a whole, like in terms of people who are thread raiders and people who aren't, aren't yet thread raiders who, who certainly will be like, I just, <laughs> I just like, I just like meeting them and getting to know them, you know, like, um, it's uh it's really cool it's really cool to see people support each other and get out there and uh you know and and maybe they maybe they have a an argument that they want to get into with somebody and and you know you get to see a different side of things that you might not have thought of like you know all all you people out there who eat pineapple on your pizza like i never thought there were so many of you weirdos (laughs) but you know i mean such is life and and we all you know we, we all, we get, all accept each get other where we need to be sooner or later you know i mean some will end up in hell and other people will keep eating good pizza <laughs> well dave we just want to say thank you for being a part of our podcast uh we really appreciate you stopping by today yes. yeah and in addition uh we want to apologize to portland <laughs> the strawberry capital of tennessee uh sadly you were not able to make it into this podcast and believe me i had at least 10 minutes worth of material uh just gone to pot it has uh, your akeens are delightful and we promise to find a way to fit you into our next podcast i'm sure they're they're delighted they can't wait yeah oh it's the biggest thing that's ever happened in that city <laughs> Good afternoon, listeners. Fenwald Griswick coming to you live from the battlefield. And by battlefield, I mean my apartment. And by live, I mean recorded. Our presenting sponsor this week, Tabletop Loot, has just released a brand new charitable offering on their website called The Gift of Knowledge. I am so excited about this that I couldn't wait for my co-host to get back from their LARP. The Gift of Knowledge is not like other things you can buy on their website, like dice, dice towers, dice cups, and dice shirts. It does not provide you with a physical set of dice. Instead, it sends a donation of dice to an after-school RPG club in a school somewhere around the nation. This is an outreach that could potentially help kids stay off the streets while encouraging them to embrace their creativity in a way that only tabletop gaming can do. If you'd like to help out, there's two ways to participate. First, you can help by going to www.tabletoploot.com right now and purchasing a gift of knowledge. Second, you can help by going onto social media and helping to recruit people to our cause. And finally, you can help by contacting the Tabletop Loot email address posted in the Gift of Knowledge section of their website and letting them know about a potential school-slash-tabletop club in your area that may need support. And for those of you who are saying, A, this ad isn't funny, and B, you said two ways to help and there's three ways to help, boom, that was the joke. Ha, you burnt. Go to TabletopLoot.com today to help us make better teenagers. Tabletop loot, loot for every table. And now, back to our show. And we're back. Yay. That was incredible. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh, so good. You you were good with the questions. I know. Oh, not as good as you, though. <laughs> Joy, I'm sorry that we made you wait for so long. <laughs> Tell it's me, cool. what are you up to today? Uh, I just got home from a convention, so I am trying to kind of chill out and and relax nice what convention did you go to yeah i was at dragon con oh tell us more about that in atlanta uh it is 
as Comic-Con is to the West Coast, Dragon Con is to the East Coast. Okay, so it's got a lot of followers. It's Yeah, it's like a for fans by fans big ol' nerd fest. And I believe somebody cosplayed. I did, yeah. I did super lazy cosplay because I recently <laughs> had surgery and could not sit at the sewing machine. Were you a Chinese food takeout container with like the dragon on the front? Because that would have been perfect. That would have been spot on. I'll have to put that on my to-do list. I was not. <laughs> we do Ghostbusters every year. Um, dragon Con is the site of uh, PKE Surge, which is the biggest Ghostbusters meetup in the world. Wow. wow. And it is there. I didn't do too much with it because I wasn't really feeling very great. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's Ghostbusters there every single year in droves. So uh, we wore our Ghostbusters jumpsuits from the new movies. That's awesome. Uh, then we did, um, we had a 1950s Sailor Scouts group. <laughs> uh, we, we weren't able, again, to meet up with everybody from the group. Um my cosplay partner and I were Sailor Neptune and Uranus. That's so cute. So I had like a little greaser thing going on. <laughs> so I picture you like physically split down the middle from head to tail where like one side of you is a Ghostbuster and then the other side of you is <laughs> Uranus. Is that accurate? That or? would be incredible. <laughs> Sadly, that is inaccurate. Oh. I would I would not like to have to sew half a pair of jeans into the jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you've been cosplaying for a while now, right? Yes, I have. And what do you like yeah. about it the most? Um, I like I like kind of role-playing with it, uh, getting into character. And when kids get excited about what you're wearing, it's basically the best thing ever. It is. Just to see their faces light up is just the, the most amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> and do you dress up for your LARPs as well? I do, yeah. The the LARP that I'm in right now is uh, sci-fi themed, so I kind of get to wear a lot of cargo pants, t-shirts. Um, I wear a lot of like repurposed sports gear and paintball gear, and I'm covered in Nerf guns the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> and who is your character in the LARP? Uh, her name is Gun, mm-hmm. and she was uh, ex-military. She she left the military kind of without permission <laughs> and joined the Space Mafia, and she now works with the Space Mafia. Like you do, you know, career it. choices. Sometimes you just got to burn that bridge and tell McDonald's, yep. yeah, go to hell. <laughs> Later, giant space empire. <laughs> it's a tough beat, but somebody's got to do it. I myself, I've only LARPed once, and it was at MAGFest in a hotel room, <laughs> and we did Fallout 4 was the theme, and I had oh, a really good fun. time, yeah, but there were so many people, because it was open to as many people who wanted to do it, so there's maybe like 30 people crammed in this room, but had it yeah. not been for that, um, <laughs> if we had more space, I think it really could be something I would get into more often at MAGFest, but here, um, I feel like the closest place is like two hours away to LARP which is very sad. Yeah, the site that we go to is uh, actually in Chattanooga. So it's about an hour, hour and a half drive for me to go up to site. Um, There are several that are more local, but they're all uh, fantasy themed and a lot of post-apocalyptic. And they don't understand that I don't actually like getting hit with things. (laughs) So I play up there with with the people that I know. They'll, they know that I'll cry in real life if you hit me too hard. 
all of my cosplay it, it revolves around famous nuclear physicists. <laughs> I can just picture it. I do an amazing Marie Curie. That's oh. so good. Spot on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's not joking. It's like legit. <laughs> I made the outfit, I know. <laughs> there is no better Beth than my Hans Beth. Okay, I'm just throwing that out there. Not to brag. Not to the brag. The amount of nerdom in this <laughs> podcast is wonderful. <laughs> and real quick, for people who don't know Threads of Fate, um, what is your uh, character in Threads of Fate? Um, I play Simone. Uh, she is an Earth Genasi Circle of Land druid. Yay! Um, I love playing her. She's I love watching her. Like, yeah, she's like the... Uh, the s- she doesn't really talk much unless she has to, and she's... She she's a very like spell oriented combatant, and that is an unusual role for me to play. Um, I typically like characters that like just run up and hit stuff. Simone is more like quiet and thoughtful, and uh, and more tactical oriented with what she does. And just out of curiosity, what job did she leave in order to go into the space force? Oh, uh, Simone was a farmer, <laughs> and she left them to go into the space force. That's awesome. <laughs> threads of fate in space i'm gonna have to talk to quinn we might need a one shot <laughs> we're currently doing storm king's thunder but we can get some spell jammer in there maybe <laughs> it's a spinoff it's like uh you know uh, on tv when you know you got like a really good show and then all of a sudden they take the main character from that show and go back 30 years quantum leap Oh, that show. I remember that show. We had an anime LARP where one of the themes was at the end of, it was a five-year campaign, and at the end of each each annual, we, we met once a year at a convention, at the end of each game, uh, something would happen, and they would get sucked into a, sort of like a transmutation circle and jump into a different genre of anime. Uh, we called it was called Divergence. Oh, that's fun! Oh, that is cool. It was really fun. Such a smart idea. Yeah, uh, we called it uh, crossover fanfic anime, the LARP. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you have to keep coming back to My Little Pony over and over again? Because it's my understanding that that is the most popular of all anime. Oh man, I don't think that we really ever did much with it. Oh, that was a missed opportunity. I don't think we ever went there. You could have doubled your fan base with all the bronies who would have come in. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's time for tea. The segment where we... Oh, I'm sorry. That was the most unenthusiastic time for tea ever. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's tea time. Tea time. The segment where we taste the bitter truth as written on the underside of a popular peach and or mango flavored tea brand who shall remain nameless. (laughs) Your options are true, false, or huh? Uh, I will read the facts off to you and then you have to decide. All right, so here we go. Snapcap fact number 1163. Gerald Ford was the only president and vice president, never to be elected to either office. I feel like it has oh, a, a good chance to be true. I, I, 
I'm also going to go with true. This would not be tea time if we didn't begin with a presidential fact. I know. I, <laughs> I, the only, well, it's the only. I mean, it sounds fine. Yeah, let's go with true. Then you're both correct. Yay. Yeah. See, she's like my left charm. <laughs> so this is actually a little bit of a tricky story. And we have to begin with Spiro Agnew, who was the vice president <laughs> as elected, for Richard Nixon. In 1973, the U.S. attorney in Baltimore County in Maryland began an investigation into county-level corruption. Spiro Agnew used to work in Baltimore County, and he was receiving kickbacks from a man named Lester Matst. Spiro Agnew was on his way to jail when he decided to uh, uh, agree to a plea deal, and on October the 10th, 1973, after pleading guilty to a single count of tax fraud in order to get himself out of everything else that he was into... Uh, he resigned the office in disgrace. After that, House Minority Leader, uh, at the time of Spiro Agnew's resignation, Gerald Ford, uh, was offered the position. Um, he was chosen unanimously by a group of congressional leaders. And on December the 6th, 1973, Ford became the first person ever to gain the vice presidency via the 25th Amendment, not by voting. Then, the Watergate scandal happened. Eventually, Richard Nixon... Uh, had to release an audio tape in which he literally uh, was discussing how they should go about the break-in. And so Nixon resigned on August the 9th, 1974, at which point Ford automatically assumed the presidency. Huh. Huh. What a crazy random happenstance. <laughs> Snapcap fact number 809. French author Michel Thayer... Uh, published a 233-page novel which has no verbs. I know that there's a person who did that. I don't know if it's this person. I feel like, first of all, how can you do that? So my gut tells me <laughs> false. Uh, but Joy, I know there's a person who does that. I don't know if it's this one. But, like, that's wild. It is wild. How how book that's how why i know oh no all right i'm gonna go with true because i don't i don't know if it's the person but i i know there's a book enjoy you're sticking with false yeah okay i'm kind of also leaning towards huh <laughs> you can change it i'm gonna change my answer to huh <laughs> our first ever guest huh Yay. how about that that's a guest what? guest huh Huh? What? Guess, guess, huh? <laughs> guess, guess, huh? <laughs> well, you're wrong. It's true. Uh. <laughs> My God. The name of the book, Le Train de Nupa, uh, The Train from Nowhere, was written in French in 2004 by a French doctor of letters named Michel Danzel, who took the name Michel Thayer as a pen name. Uh, it is an example of constrained writing in which you place an arbitrary rule on your work uh, as a form of challenge. Uh, however, apparently, Thaler was, uh, Thayer was uh, particularly uh, against verbs, uh, having said, quote, The verb is like a weed in a field of flowers. You have to get rid of it to allow the flowers to grow and flourish. Close quote. That seems very so challenging. Crazy. Yeah, I would not want to do that. Like, That's a lot of thought to try to do that. It is. I'm like, writing is hard enough. Mm -hmm. Why do it on, like, extreme mode? <laughs> I'm thinking about coining the phrase theophobia uh, to <laughs> discuss people who are afraid of verbs. I'm sure there is a word for that out there. 
I was unable to find it. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Snap cap fact number 754. An alligator can go through 3,000 teeth in a lifetime. An alligator? 3,000 teeth? I feel like that's more of a shark kind of deal. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> um, that's a lot of teeth. It is. Uh, I want to say false. I don't like it. I, I kind of do too. Like, how many teeth do they start off with? I tell you what, I'll answer that question. 80. Okay. 80 teeth. And how many how many in a lifetime? 3000. In a lifetime. That's how a, long does That's a the croc live? Uh 35 to 75 years. Oh, to 75 years. Okay, well, it's coming together now. Um I mean, I I'm going to go with no cuz that's creepy and I don't like it. <laughs> But I feel like if if you if a croc lived to seventy five years, I know humans could use another whole rotation at least once, but we don't get that. Yeah. All right, I'll go with false. All right, and the answer is true. Oh. What? Damn it! Both crocodiles and alligators regrow their teeth. Um, alligators have eighty teeth in total, which we just talked about. Each can be replaced upwards of fifty times during the course of their lifespans. Uh, again, they live approximately 35 to 75 years, give or take hunting. Uh, and if you do the math there, that is 4,000 uh, more than the 3,000 that is in the number. It's hmm. a lot of teeth to go through. I know that opossums have the most teeth of land animals. How many teeth so do they have? They have a, a wicked amount of teeth. It's, it's off-putting for the, uh, for the other animals. That's why they just open their mouth. They're like, I have more teeth than you. Back off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember offhand the quantity. Yeah, opossums have uh, 50 teeth. Wow. That's a lot. This is fun. You're teaching me stuff. Cool. <laughs> Opossum facts. Snapcap fact number 1365. Ethiopia follows a calendar that is seven years behind the rest of the world. That could be legit. I'm going to go with true. Yeah, I'll go with true. All right. And the answer is false. Oh, no. no. I'm doing so awful. sad. <laughs> America uses the Gregorian calendar, which is named after Pope Gregory the 13th, who introduced it in Rome on October of 1582. Uh, reason number one why this is false. Uh, the Ethiopian calendar is actually 13 months long instead of 12 months long. That means that every 13 years, the difference between the two calendars uh, grows by a year. And so it has been growing clearly since the last time somebody fact-checked this particular fact, which means that the calendar number is eight years behind ours, off by one year. Oh, snap cap. We were so far off. <laughs> For what it's worth, in 2008, the first of Maskaram, uh, which is New Year's Day in Ethiopia, will happen on September the 11th. So that's next Tuesday. Mm. Now, reason number two is the quote, behind the rest of the world that appears in this fact. Uh, that implies that the rest of the world uses the Gregorian calendar, and that is incorrect. Yes. Multiple <laughs> countries have different calendars. Uh, for instance, in Thailand, the year is 2561. Uh, the Hebrews believe that the year is 5,778, Pakistani uh, 1,439, Iran 1396, India 1939, Japan the year 30, there you go, 
Mm. Uh, China, 4,716. And North Koreans called this year 107. The reason for that is because the birth year of Kim Il-sung, the deified founder of North Korea, is now considered the year one. And he was born in 1912. Huh. Was he... Was he born one year old? <laughs> it's not year zero. We'd have to take it up with him. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I want to fight a deified person. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Snapcap fact number 470. Dairy cows drink up to 50 gallons of water per day. I'm going to answer, huh? 50 gallons of water a day? Just out of curiosity, uh, it, what part of the question did you think was uh, hauntable? I'm from a dairy farming place, and I know that they spend a lot of time out, like eating grass. Are they counting? Are they counting the water intake from the grass that they're eating, or like ah shrug? So that's Ooh. interesting. Um, uh, in this case, I would not. Uh, I would not have considered that. I was going for actual water out of a river and/or trough. Okay. Because they kind of have, uh, or at least in the barn that I am familiar with, they had their own like little individual water fountains and they could just drink however much they wanted to. Sure. So, so I wouldn't know how to quantify it. Do they drink a lot of water? I mean, yeah, they do. Hmm. They're, they're pretty big. So yeah. if humans need, uh, what, a gallon a day and cows are heckin' immense, um, I, th I think 50 sounds reasonable, but if we're not counting water from other sources. Okay, I'll go with true. All right. And Joy, are we still going with huh? Yeah. Okay. So the answer is true. Yay! So uh, 50 gallons of water is the equivalent to five Walmart fish tanks. That's <laughs> 83 pounds of water every day. Wow. Now, for what it's worth, cows have best friends. And whenever their BFF is around, they drink significantly less water. Oh, because they're sharing? That's possible. It could also be because when their BFF is not around, uh, it's stress. Maybe they, oh, they stress drink. Stop. So wait, Joy, do they keep like the cows paired up? Um, We didn't like keep track of which stanchion they were going into. Uh, we would just open up the gate and they would go wherever they felt like going. Mm hmm and we kind of just let them sort it out on their own rather than going, you have to go here and you have to go here. Oh, they have friends. That's so cool. Yeah, they're cute. Yeah. I'm allergic to them, but... <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I am, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, horses, uh, I'm highly allergic to. I could actually die riding a horse. <laughs> and Yikes. cows are not too far off from that. That's interesting. So is the story on how I found out, but that's another time. <laughs> <laughs> Snapcap fact number 851. Miami installed the first ATM for rollerbladers. What's an ATM for rollerbladers? Like as they're rollerblading by, what's the difference they between get, a normal ATM? They get their own drive-up ATM lane like they do for the Amish carriages where I'm from. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that really? It's got to be wider so that the... The horses and stuff can get through. But I mean, is it really for rollerbladers? You know, I'm I'm going to say that this is true because I don't I don't know how much rollerblading there is in Miami or how long ago this ATM would have been established. But it, 
they make other specialty ATM lanes. So I'm going to go with, yeah, it's true. Well, in this case, I can answer that question. Uh, this particular ATM was installed in the 1990s. Oh, well then, I'm changing my answer to heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, true. All right. And the answer is false. Ah, oh, bummer. Citibank decided that uh, because of the huge number of rollerbladers who kept coming into their branch, when they unveiled their new branch, which was on December the 19th, 1996, they had uh, installed an ATM specifically for rollerbladers. However, that bank was in Miami Beach which is not part of Miami. <gasps> Shenanigans. Yes, Miami oh, Beach is actually a, a separate municipality. Um, Miami has their own mayor and five commissioners. Miami Beach has a ceremonial mayor and six commissioners. Stupid snap cap. <laughs> I kick it. <laughs> For what it's worth, that building is in fact still a bank, although it's not owned by Citibank. It is now a region's bank at Washington and 16th Street in Miami Beach. Well... Cool. And finally, Snapcat fact number 1331. Spiked dog collars were invented by the ancient Greeks who used them on sheepdogs to protect their necks from wolves. Oh, man. I, I don't like that seems awfully far back. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they had their different. It, it's possible they had their own version of it. I'm going to go with false. I am too. I feel like maybe I'm cursing you when we answer the same thing. <laughs> Which makes Share me feel doom. like I should be true. <laughs> Share my doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Final answers? Yeah. And the answer is true. Oh. Gasp. <laughs> the ancient Greeks used white sheepdogs for nighttime visibility. Uh, and the Greeks used black house dogs uh, in order to surprise intruders who might be trying to sneak in in the middle of the night. However, both dogs were affixed with what's called a melium, which was a leather collar full of studded nails uh, that prevented wolves and other creatures from attacking them around the neck. Wolves are known uh, when they attack to try to bring down large beasts by the neck, and so it's usually the first place where they try to attack. Well... That's why they get the trip attacks in D&D. <laughs> there you go. So, the final score. CA has won. Yay! Congratulations. You. I had to redeem myself from the last two times that I failed epically. <laughs> if you need anyone to come and fail epically, you can just invite me back. Oh. <laughs> You're fighting off a cold. It's all right. We are controlling transmission. Good, I'm going to use that as the intro. <laughs> Despite several fervent attempts to find you, the guards of Pell Scar leave the area dejected. Uh, by the time Molly the Axe springs back to life, it is well after midnight, the perfect time to make your getaway. It isn't until you have left Pell Scar far behind that you take several minutes to look over your inventory. Several items are missing, either purloined by the guards or dropped while escaping. However, none of them were mission critical, so you continue down the path. Further on, you find three small huts sheltered away from the road near a clump of trees. 
being late into the night, you're not at all surprised to see that their lights are out. Assuming that the huts are associated in some way with Pell's scar and not wanting to risk any further complications, you and Molly skulk quietly past them. Beyond the huts, and over a border wall that separates the road you are on from the surrounding countryside, you spy three men laboring in a cemetery. One of them struggles to hold up a filthy coffin, recently hoisted out of an unearthed grave, as it bounces precariously on a mound of dirt. The other two men root through the box, picking up baubles unknown. As you watch the grave robbers plying their trade, a smile crosses your lips. You decide to have a little fun. Being vigilant to make sure you cannot be seen, you sneak up to within a few feet of the men. At a moment chosen to maximize the surprise factor, you burst out from behind a massive tombstone, yelling and brandishing your samshire. The grave robbers scream in fear and scatter in all directions, clearly unwilling to defend their catch. You get quite a laugh as they collide and climb over one another, plowing into the nearby woods. Once they are out of earshot, you turn your attention to their victim. Except, the coffin, made out of the most basic unfurnished lumber and held together with large construction nails, isn't even the right shape. It's almost diamond shape. And inside the changeling, you find not a body, but something much much more interesting. My question for you is this. What's in the box? All right, Joy. This is it. Okay. Your time has come. Okay. Out of what they have not pillaged, there's a small, square-looking box, like completely a cube. <gasps> it's a box within a box. It's a box within a box. I love boxes between boxes. We are huge fans of the boxes in between boxes. <laughs> Nah, I open up the box. What's inside the box and box? There is a red teapot oh. in perfect condition. Does it feel like it's full? It feels like it's full, but it's not hot to the touch. I just look over at Grizz like, <laughs> hey, Grizz. Yes, I'm the. I'm basically the poison control center around here. My job is to <laughs> test things in advance to make sure that the others can go on without me. Well, I'm assuming we have to warm it up. I put it on a stove. <laughs> There's no stove. We're out in the middle of a graveyard. I rub my hands together. <laughs> we build a fire. And I, and then <laughs> I fondle the bottom after I have made my hands warm. Does anything happen? This is getting hot. <laughs> um, do you have a cup? It, only his or hands. Some sort, some sort of receptacle? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we have the box that it, that it came in. This, this may be a bad time for you. <laughs> Oh, no. Grizz, don't cup your hands. The tea that comes out of it is exactly the perfect temperature, which is to say it is very hot. Oh, no. Grizz, you're on fire. So clearly uh, lacking a cup, I use my shoe. All right. Your shoe is full of perfect tea of whatever flavor you like. Hmm. Ooh. Mango cinnamon, my favorite. <laughs> Oh no, cinnamon. <laughs> Do you feel like you're dying? It's delicious. It's perfect. This is the best tea you've ever had. Except, you know, perhaps some shoe leftovers <laughs> may be in it. Ew. <laughs> I can't guarantee the, the quality of the uh, of the receptacle, 
so. <laughs> well, you may not know this, but I do very little around here, so my shoes are cleaner than most. Uh, so I think that, uh, <laughs> yeah, we should be all right here. Are you sure? So this is tea time anytime is basically what you're saying. <laughs> tea time anytime. I love it. That's so, so cool. marketable. <laughs> and then you can just put the pot wherever you want. It won't spill unless you purposely spill it. So I can hold it upside down? As long as, if it's if you're intending to pour it, it will pour. If you are intending to just throw it in your bag and have it later, it's fine. It's not hot to the touch. It won't spill unless you're trying to serve it. Now, do I have to coax it or speak to it in some sort of uh, uh, soft, reassuring way in order to get it to pour? Is there like a secret code? It will understand your intentions. So I just say, I am thirsty, and then it pours. Yeah. Excellent. Hi. Aww. Is that Gus Gus the cat? This is Kyo. I beg your pardon? Kyo. Gazoom tight. What was that like? You... Your flu caught in there at, the, at just that moment. <laughs> Siri, what's in your box? You open up the box and it is Molly the Yak. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm trapped in an interdimensional portal. I didn't know she was a twin. So I reach into the box and fall into the road. <laughs> and now my box cannot be any better than that. <laughs> I really love where that went. <laughs> I don't want to change it. All right. So I put Molly in the box. And now she's in the grave. Oh, that's terrible. But if she's rented, we have to return her. Yes, that is true. All right, I go back to the grave. I put Molly in a box. She's back on the road. I put myself in the box. I go back to the road. It's a shortcut. (laughs) Best box ever. (laughs) Yay, who wins? I I think it's well established that we love tea on this I show. I do love so, tea. So, yes, Joy has mm-hmm. won What's in the Box of the Week. Yay, Joy! Tea time, anytime. Well done. All right, the commercial writes itself. No. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff happening this weekend, don't we? Thread Raider wise. We have a lot of stuff happening all the time. <laughs> Tomorrow I will be streaming in a hell wedding, which I'm really excited about. Yes. <laughs> it's D and D five E with DM Wado Jeff, uh, with PCs Jeff Kramer, Savrick, Von Strad, and Nazul. I'm never get tired of that. That'll be at one PM Eastern on Savrick's channel. We'll post a link in with the podcast. And Joy, I believe you have a stream going on with Threads of Fate. Uh, yes, every Friday uh, we have Threads of Fate over on the Soul Bear RPG Twitch. Um, we do that at Severance, bleh, 7 Eastern, uh, 4 Pacific, every Friday. Very cool. I think the next convention I have isn't for a couple more weeks. Uh, Anime Weekend Atlanta, which is generally a good time. They have a fun video track. Cool. So people can find you there? Yeah. Yep. I'll be there uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yay. And what's the name of the convention? And maybe after work Friday. Anime Weekend Atlanta. Atlanta. 
All right, so reach out to Joy. Can I just say, so we skipped right over the fact that, yes, tomorrow is the Hell wedding, but that means that yesterday was the Hell's Bridesmaids uh, bachelorette party, (laughs) and it was fantastic. It was. We had a great time, didn't we? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Remember that thing with the the gnome? That was so good. (laughs) And the cake that looked like a condom? Oh, it was great. Oh, yeah. That was delicious, too. (laughs) Listen, what stays in the bachelorette party is not for this podcast. (laughs) That's true. Yes. That's true. Moving okay. on. Moving yeah. on. Uh, starting September 16th, I will be doing a Fallout stream. We're really excited about that. That's by Spilled Ale Studios. It is their RPG that we will be more than excited to play. Um, it'll be on Savage's channel as well. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm a huge Fallout fan if nobody realizes this by now. <laughs> and for Halloween, I plan to do uh, a cosplay of my character so i'm looking forward to that as well which is my character is a synth so this will be the first time i've ever done uh makeup in robot form yeah that's fun that's cool then we have on september 28th tomb of horror stream on the thread raiders channel it'll be at 7 30 p.m eastern tk will be our dm uh we will also have pc uh looks like rick m the gm Daquin Game Army, uh, Zynar1 will also be on the channel with me. So if you love lots of death and you want to see <laughs> <laughs> the horror, <laughs> please come hang out with us. It'll be a good time. I was just going to say, you never hear about a tomb of happiness or or a tomb of cotton candy. It's never come up. You know, it's always a tomb of rainbows and kittens. <laughs> it's like the typecast or something. <laughs> Well, we could stream like My Little Pony if you want. I'm thinking about for Halloween doing a Tomb of Cotton Candy uh, live stream. <laughs> that would be amazeballs. That would be beautiful. <laughs> and then we have on November 3rd and 4th the Extra Life fundraiser. Yes. Yes, we have been gearing up for it. We're really excited. We're just starting to plan our schedule now. Uh, Joy will be there hanging out with us. Yep. We're going to be streaming. We're going to be... I'm going to be running my first game. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So excited. And I know the Chaotic Good crew will be joining us as well. So that'll be fun. And keep in mind that this is a uh, an attempt by us to raise as much money as possible for children's hospitals. Um, yes. You can go at any time to donate if you go to www.extra-life.org. Um, they have a page set up there for us in addition to a bunch of other people. So even if you don't want to give to us directly, you can also give to any of the other groups who will be uh, all doing something uh, on that weekend. Yep, and 100% of the funding goes directly to Children's Hospital. Right. Which is pretty amazing. Uh, And so that's it for me. I think that's pretty good. We have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So many. Yeah, I won't list all the other conventions yet. It's a little soon. (laughs) (laughs) But I know you're excited about them. I'm so excited about Magnus. You have no idea. Oh, my God. And I get to see TK at Facts of Vlogs. I'm so excited about that, too. Hooray. Yeah, yeah. Then I get to see you in September. Like, oh, my God. If I keep talking, you're not going to hear my voice. It's just going to be so high. (laughs) Dogs everywhere are like, we're excited. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, Please feel free to follow us, uh, like, friend, subscribe, wherever uh, you you happen to be listening to us in. Uh, Click that button. Uh, We also want to thank our sponsor, Tabletop Loot. 
and remind you that you can use the code THREADRAIDERS to receive uh, some percentage off of your, uh, your next dice and or hat and or gift certificate and or whatever uh, uh, lanyards. purchase. Dice lanyards. Dice yeah, jail. right. <laughs> they got all kinds of great stuff now. Mm-hmm. And real quick, Joy, where can they find you on uh, on the web? On on the Twitter, <laughs> I am at Dire Foxicorn. Uh, I'm also Dire Foxicorn on Tumblr and on Twitch. Um, I haven't really figured out the whole streaming thing yet, but I have aspirations. Yay. Um, and just out of curiosity, is Cork on the on Twitter too? I'm sorry. Cork? Who's Cork? The cat. Oh. Oh, yo. <laughs> He does. Was, he does not have it. You really need to have somebody look after that cough. That's not good. <laughs> but I, I do post pictures of them on occasion. Yeah, and I love them. You can always see them on the Discord channel. Do you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> on the 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 best pets uh, section of the Thread Raiders Discord <laughs> is full of adorable animals. It is important to stroke both their backs and their egos. Aww. That will not be a problem at Thread Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> and if you enjoyed our show uh, we'd appreciate if you could uh, tell your friends and give us a tweet and for those of you who want more information on the Thread Raiders you can visit us at threadraiders.com where we have links to all of our social media properties including Twitter, Instagram, etc, etc, etc etc